Good evening, everyone. This is the Welcome to the Jungle podcast, episode seven. It's been a little while, folks. I apologize, but I'm looking forward to jumping right into it and talking some Bengals football and just talking about the state of the country, what's going on with COVID-19, how it's affecting the NFL, will there even be a season, and then on top of that with the uh, BLM movement, the Black Lives Matter, uh, dealing with uh, George Floyd, police brutality, and our new leader at quarterback stepping up and actually commenting and uh, talking about what's going on uh, just across the country and in America. So this is just um, unprecedented times. And also, you know, with Mike Brown and how he feels, the owner of the Bengals, you know, about kneeling in general and when they interviewed Eric Reed as a safety, just, um, you know, not wanting to affect Mike Brown's bottom line and the revenue that he brings in to the team for the uh, Bengals. So we'll get ready to dive right into it. Here we go. So just for starters, uh, I gave you a little tease just to segue into uh, episode seven and talking about Joe Burrow, and we've got a couple other topics going from Billy Price, being that, you know, maybe some of the homerisms is coming out a little bit from me because I am a huge Buckeyes fan. And Billy Price, if I'm not sure if everyone knows, he made the all-decade team, so that's one of the topics. And then moving along to T. Higgins, <clears throat> he's potentially going to go ahead and work out with Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco, before the actual NFL training camp, okay? And then moving right along to Jonah Williams, where we saw some of his Instagram workouts, which is great to see after him being sidelined with that shoulder injury for a whole season, and then just touching base on COVID-19, all right? And so I'll go ahead and I'll get started with the first topic, which will be with to start episode seven, just Joe Burrow, and I'm just going to read you a quote uh, that Bleacher Report Gridiron actually posted, <clears throat> and this is the uh, the actual quote: "The black community needs our help. They have been unheard for too long. Open your ears, listen, and speak. This isn't politics. This is human rights." Joe Burrow. And that's uh, via Twitter. And and Joe Burrow actually uh, posted that on, on his uh, Twitter account. So let me go ahead and be clear. I think we all know that the Queen City, Cincinnati, it's a beautiful city. Um, it definitely is. And I'm not going to get too deep into uh, politics. But I lived there for a few years uh, personally myself. And historically, it's a very conservative uh, city, town. Uh, the Republic of Cincinnati, as you you may wanna may wanna say, and you're not really used to hearing uh, too many players really speak on social injustice. And just coming from the head, Mike Brown, he is someone who was basically a deterrent of that. Uh, didn't you know was you? It's actually documented. Um, and some other articles where Mike Brown had reached out to the team and asked them not to kneel. And for your leader in Joe Burrow, your new leader, to actually 
voice his opinion on these uh, social injustice topics after having those issues going back to college where he had some racist tweets. This is a full 180 from what Joe Burrow, uh, some of his tweets that were pulled after he had deleted back in college to what he's basically saying right now with the uh, Black Lives Matter, excuse me, Black Lives Matter movement and social injustice as a whole. And I think what folks are realizing and what's and what's being said by the BLM movement is it can't be just minorities who are protesting. You are starting to see all ethnicities, including white people, uh, getting behind this movement with the the same the same uh, how can I say same same power or if you look at animal rights which I feel like, you know, with PETA, you, you see how that got uh, Michael Vick locked up. You're starting to see um, white people get behind this movement. And once you guys get behind it and show your support, which we do, you know, which African-Americans we do appreciate, I think you will really start to see systematic change in the judicial system, economically, uh, in the education system. So this is definitely a great start. And you just want to you want to think about and you want to know, you know, behind those walls in Paul Brown Stadium, is Mike Brown going to have a conversation to Joe Burrow to try to suppress him and, and not to, uh, to be as vocal as a leader? Or is he actually going to welcome that and kind of change his stance uh, being Mike Brown and change his views on how the Bengals' perception are on social injustice matters. Because we've seen players for the Bengals actually lock their arms, but this, like, you know, like the Bengals' mantra and their slogan uh, from a year ago uh, when they hired um, <clears throat> the new head coach, um, it's, it's definitely a new day in Zach Taylor, and it's, it's a new day with your, our quarterback, and I, I, I welcome it. I welcome it. And I'm glad to see the uh, the leadership uh, that Joe Burrow is displaying right now. Okay. And just a couple things to touch on. Uh, moving on from Joe Burrow as just the, the activist, and then we'll talk about Joe Burrow on the field. So I'm not sure unless you've been living under a rock and especially if you watch NFL Network or any of these uh, media outlets, you've seen workouts from Russell Wilson and Tom Brady that have been uh, private workouts, but they, they've been filming them. Um, and the significance, I would say, with Tom Brady is basically going to a new team. And in some cases, I kind of feel like this is it's almost an advantage and we even see where our new quarterback is pondering that thing because he's missed out being with COVID-19, the OTAs, the rookie mini camps to really get Joe where he can get up and running and start building that chemistry with a T. Higgins, with a John Ross, with the A.J. Green to where now you start to see veteran quarterbacks, like I mentioned, Russell uh, Wilson and a Tom Brady kind of going to different high schools or different athletic facilities and going ahead and holding their own uh, 
uh, throw in seven on seven sessions, uh, if you may, to go ahead and start building that that chemistry um, and that re those relationships again to kind of get things started. OK, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and touch on this topic with uh, a rather and very important topic when it comes to the Bengals and, and how they will be successful. And that's dealing with the offensive line. Uh, and we all know that was a, uh, a very weak point for the Bengals and for us to, to, to get to the next level and to be successful and keep Joe Burrow upright, uh, the, the offensive line has to be fixed. And so if you're a Big Ten fan like I am and a Buckeyes fan, you know that Billy Price made the all-decade team for the Big Ten Conference, okay? And he actually made it playing uh, uh, center position and guard. If you, if you didn't know, if you're not a big Buckeyes fan like I am, Billy Price actually played three years at guard, and then he was asked by Urban Meyer to move to the center position because another kid had graduated, and that opened up a hole on the offensive line. And what's so impressive about this when it comes to Billy Price and why the Bengals made him a first-round pick uh, a couple seasons ago is the, the point is, is that he actually, after moving to the center position, he won the Remington Trophy for the best outstanding college center uh, for football, which is impressive. Now, we all know transitioning from college football to the pros is something that can be very uh, stressful. It takes that learning curve. And we've seen Billy Price struggle, you know, whether it was physical ailments or maybe it's uh, mental ailments, you know, just just learning the speed of the game and adjusting to the pros. But it has been a problem. And then you also add in Billy had one year with Marvin, and now he's transitioning over to Zach Taylor and his staff and Jim Turner as the new uh, offensive line coach. So it'll be interesting with Billy being finally fully healthy, how will he do? And being that it looks like his job, he, he, he's not going to be the starter again, once again, at center. How will he transition going back over to his natural position, which is playing guard for the Bengals? And this is definitely a year that Billy needs to, he has to have a great year. This, I mean, for this, for this offense to be effective, um, it, it's very important. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll just switch over segments. Uh, this quick commercial break, and I'll be right back. And this is the Welcome to the Jungle podcast with your buddy, uh, Garrett Staples. Thank you, and I'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Garrett Staples, and this is the second segment of the Welcome to the Jungle podcast, Episode 7. And just hopping right into the next segment, and that will be talking about the topic of T Higgins. Okay, T Higgins, I'm not sure if if all Bengals fans are familiar, but T Higgins is second round uh draft choice that the Bengals made and he is a wide receiver. I think he could be possibly potentially the heir apparent to AJ Green and the replacement if AJ decides not to resign on a long-term deal after this franchise tag is up after this season, okay? 
And who not better to work out with? It's reports that T. Higgins is going to work out with Chad Johnson before training camp. And if we all remember, uh, as beloved as Chad Johnson is around Bengals fans, one of his strengths were just his footwork, okay? And when I touch base and I talk about the, the footwork of Chad Johnson and how that can really help a, a young pup like T. Higgins is, one thing that the NFL uh, prides itself on and corners are with a lot of teams, some play zone, but for the most part, you're playing man-on-man, press coverage, which if you're not familiar with uh, for the listeners, the press coverage is where a cornerback will be right up on the wide receiver uh, and actually try to reroute him and try to jam him at the line of scrimmage so you can throw the timing off between the quarterback and the wide receiver and that relationship and where the wide receiver is trying to get to a certain spot to where Joe Burrow can throw to. So it's definitely important that you've got to have you've got to have good balance, you've got to have great feet, and you've got to have good hands to be able to fight off that cornerback to get into your route and, and get out of it quickly and get into your break. So that because with Joe Burrow, he's he's probably gonna to throw to a spot like you've seen where he plays the point guard when he was at LSU, just basically just distributing the ball as quickly as possible. Okay. <clears throat> so with footwork being said, Chad Johnson is was one of the best, even when it came to uh, tiptoeing and uh, getting two feet down, doing the toe tap before he went out of bounds. Uh, that, that was Chad Johnson's uh, calling card, his specialty. Okay, And he even got better uh, during his career because he even uh, explained that he was I was just beating guys uh, at Oregon State with just speed until his uh, teammate. Um, T.J. Hushmanzada really taught him about the proper way and the route tree, how to run different routes and how to come out of them out of your breaks. So I think this is a uh, will be a great teaching ses- session for Chad to uh, kind of bring bring T. Higgins uh, under Chad's wing so he can get him up to speed quickly. And, you know, there's been rumors about Chad. He's been reaching out to uh, Zach Taylor and the coaching staff, and he would actually like to become a coach. So I think this is a great segue and transition for maybe uh, Chad getting into coaching, which I would love to see. He's definitely a fan favorite in Cincinnati and of the Bengals, and I'm, I'm definitely happy to see it. Now, also... We're going to go ahead and move over from T. Higgins and, and talk Jonah Williams. Now, Jonah Williams, um, if a Bengals fans, if you've kind of forgotten a little bit, uh, last year he was the Bengals' number one draft pick. He didn't play really any football due to the uh, shoulder injury. And Jonah Williams is being tasked, coming from uh, University of Alabama, as being the Bengals' starting left tackle. Okay, and that's an important position because normally if you you know if if you're not familiar if you have a right-handed quarterback and the quarterback is getting ready to throw his blind side is his left-hand side and at left tackle Jonah Williams has to be the anchor and he's got to protect Joe Burrow's blind side so he can get that ball off because you know normally for a quarterback and Joe Burrow had one of the pro highest pro football focus uh, ratings 
um, being able to throw the ball with pressure, you know, coming towards him where he can elude it. So, you know, we all have our doubts about Bobby Hart maybe at right tackle. Hopefully he does improve. You can kind of see the pressure coming right towards you because he's a right-handed quarterback. But when it comes to a left hand, you know, the, the, the left side of the offensive line, that is Joe Burrow's blind spot uh, being right-handed. So with that being said, we really hope that Jonah Williams is everything that the uh, the billing was of this guy where he basically didn't give up a sack at the University of Alabama. So we definitely hope that that trend and that transition goes smoothly in protecting Joe Burrow's blind side. Now, I'm not sure if you follow Jonah Williams on Instagram, excuse me, but he had actually posted a workout on IG just um, showing you what he's doing to to get in shape and, uh, you know, be ready for the season. And it's definitely um, impressive. And I only hope for I only have high hopes like the rest of the Bengals, uh, because, you know, when you take a top draft pick on a uh, a player, you, you really need to pan, have him pan out or it kind of sets the team back to where they've, they've got to go and start from scratch, A, either going free agency or B, going in the draft to replace the, the draft pick that you actually missed on. So we I, I have high hopes for Jonah Williams coming up uh, this season. And then just to kind of to end all, um, to end this, this actual episode for seven, let's just talk COVID-19 um, and just – if you're a veteran team, I, I kind of feel like you you definitely have an advantage. Even with uh, Zach Taylor and this being his second year, you, this team is still pretty young, very new. And then having a, a brand new quarterback, you would really like him to be able to have OTAs, rookie minicamp, before going into a regular training camp and just building up that that rapport with the players, even though he's been doing that virtually um, and just being able to build, develop that chemistry on the actual football field, just throwing to the different, the different wide receivers, the running backs and, you know, just getting his cadence down and, and those kinds of things that I think are just imperative that all these rookie quarterbacks from a tour down there in Miami to a Herbert out in San Diego, you're not able to do right now. And especially it's imperative for Joe because, you know, with the, the movement, uh, the letting the Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton, having him cutting him from the Bengals. I mean, it's, it's Joe's Bur Joe Burrow's team. When you look at the roster and the, who's backing him up, it's Joe Burrow or bust. So it's definitely important that, um, you know, through these Skype meetings and virtual meetings that they're going through that and any other from FaceTime or whatever it may be that the chemistry is is continues to come along. And, and you've heard players speak up about Joe Burrow and just how ahead of the game he is and how attentive he is in meetings. And, you know, where the coaching staff, I'm not sure if you've seen some of the articles where they're saying Joe Burrow is so ahead of the game because he's He's got that coach's son's mentality about learning the playbook and being a step ahead, you know, for the next play and 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 what to see and what to call, which is 
is definitely a great thing. And now, you know, if you've got it on the books, you've seen the film, now you just want to have that time to apply everything on the playbook on the field and, and develop that chemistry of what you like and you don't like on the actual practice field. Okay, so that is episode seven of the Welcome to the Jungle podcast here with your good buddy, Garrett Staples. I enjoyed talking with you and I will be in touch with you all and my, my listeners. Thank you and have a great night.